Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex F1, and joining me in the podcasting shed is Matt Trumpets. Hey there, Spanners, how you doing? Yeah, a bit bored, really, really dull weekend of Formula One. Don't know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, there's barely anything happened. This really was one of the most significant championship weekends. This is like a keystone. When they look at the highlights reel, stuff from this weekend, in one way or another, is going to be featuring in it. Am I wrong? Nope, nope. We set some records and we added a splash of drama. An absolutely breathtaking weekend of F1 in many ways. So uh, what are we doing here, Matt? We are an independent F1 podcast, but we are delighted to be featured on Downforce Radio as long as they'll have us. That's where we host e-radio shows as well, Matt. We talk about electric cars and stuff like that. Ooh, and silicon carbide capacitors and every fun thing so you can find us on the downforce feed you can also find us by searching missed apex podcast uh, on your podcatcher of choice or on itunes just a quick note to say you may be finding us on a revised feed uh, the judge 13 feed we've agreed to allow the mp3 to go on there uh, for the short term Uh, you can think of it as a no cash down syndication deal Uh, i'm delighted to have the chance to reconnect with some of my old listeners. But the place you will always find Mr. Apex Podcast is at spannersready.com. So what can we offer people here, Matt, that they can't get elsewhere? Well, we offer them an independent podcast that even the kids can listen to. Yes, we're going to remain safe for work so my now officially six-year-old son can listen to it without picking up any naughty language. We are also going to try and give people a race review very shortly after the race. We're, we're doing live streams. We've been doing them at 7.30pm, but due to my son's birthday, we're going for 8.30pm today. But it'll be ready for your Monday morning commute. I don't know if anyone else does that, Matt. 
I don't know that anybody does. The earliest ones usually come out tomorrow evening. I don't know, yeah, or Tuesday even. So there we go. Stick with us. Stick with us at Missed Apex Podcast. So that's some of the... You might be wrong, but we're first. (laughs) (laughs) That's very... Yes, I love that. I absolutely love that. It may be utter, utter rubbish that we're spewing, but it's at least you've got something to say at the water cooler if you didn't have your own opinion. So that's some of the housekeeping out the way. Very key to Missed Apex Podcast is that you join the conversation. We've got a few ways to do that. We have the chat room manned by Tony Potato Boy Barnard. Sorry, Thunderbeast. Thunderbeast Barnard. Hello. How are you doing? How are you going, T? Thank you very much for manning the chat room today. I- I'm sorry. I thought we were calling him Naked Face today. Yeah, I know. He's got no beard. Oh, and no. I hate I hate to be rude, but you look disgusting without a beard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, um, I-, I grow the beard because it, it covers up about... 30% of a face yeah. I'm not 100% happy with. So now it's it's shaved off. There was an incident and now, I, yeah. How does the wife feel about it? Is she taking incident. it Incident. Mixed feelings. She likes the not prickliness of the beard, but she I don't think she's enjoying the fact that, that I said before, that part of the face is now uncovered. It's now exposed. And not only can, does she have to see it, but like her friends see it as well. It's humiliating all around. Someone who's too young to grow a beard, though, it's Chris Stevens from Formula Spy. How's it going, Chris? I can grow a beard. Prove it. I just don't look good in one. Prove it. You can't. Fine. Next week. Next week, beard. A week's growth. And I'll be stroking it and everything while I think about your questions. Enjoying writing still, Chris? No, I went off it this week. What's the the last thing you wrote? Last thing I wrote, oh, it must have, oh, mm, I think it was something about uh, Haas today. It's something about the Spanish Grand Prix. Is that good enough? It's very relevant. <laughs> Tell you what, before we yeah, get to the Spanish Grand Prix, we like to do a thing we call pre-race tidbits. And this week, I think we'll hand over to our sort of non-F1 guy. You like to give us some of the insights and observations. But, you know, you're quickly not becoming not a non-F1 guy, aren't you, Tony? You've been watching the races all season now. Yeah, I need to be careful to not learn too much. Otherwise, my thing, my hook, will be gone and I'll just be a substandard panellist like everyone else. Yes, uh, and, and Mist Apex... Not on here, not on here, I mean other... Oh, right, no, 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 I'm very clear on the Mist Apex description on iTunes to say Spanners and Matt lead a crew of very incompetent. So that's fine, your opinion's valid. What did you observe in the world of F1 pre-race? So, you know, at the beginning where they did that thing and they got in the car, a beautiful white car, and <laughs> Steve Jones is in the back and they're going along and he makes pulls out some pub trivia, like, oh, that's, that's all man-made. And Susie Wolf's like, I didn't know that. Forget F1. You should have your own travel show. And Jones says, he says, I think too many people are saying that right now. Let's keep that to ourselves. Oh, as in you should should go off and do a travel show. Yeah, because I think that was a bit of an acknowledgement of uh, a lot of people are questioning his credentials to be on there. Yeah, he definitely doesn't have the credentials to be on there. I mean, he's doing a professional job, but I think he might have carried a reputation in of putting people off, including myself. Yeah, but although I can appreciate and respect the fact that, um, you know, he he doesn't take it too seriously, doesn't take himself too seriously, he sort of acknowledged it there. Yeah, well, I don't know. What does he want to do? If you employ Steve Jones to do your F1 presenting, then you're going to get Steve Jones doing your F1 presenting. You can't then complain. So it's either the, produ- produ- it's either the producer's fault 
or nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not Steve yeah. Jones's fault for being Steve Jones, is it? I get the impression that the people he's working with now are like, yeah, yeah, he's all right. And they're like laughing and joking about it. And, you know, he's coming there and he's doing his best and he's fulfilling his obligations. But as you say, it's not his fault. Like, yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. You can do this. Come on in. (laughs) Okay, so you've got some actual racing stuff in the notes for us, Matt. Thanks for doing the show notes for me. I was knee deep in jelly and bouncy castles, so I was unable to perform that duty. Yes, nothing like a six-year-old birthday to make life entertaining. I'm exhausted. Especially if you're trying to do something else. I thought that was just a regular Sunday for you. No, no, it was a birthday, bounce castles, jelly, all that thing. I even did, and I will treat you to it at the end of the show, we recorded a music video of Everything's Awesome, and I I did the, the rap the rap portion of that. And I know that's tragic for a 35-year-old man. <laughs> I know that. That is tragic. <laughs> But I will, I will 100% play the show out with that. So um, what Formula One stuff have you got? Something about Ocon obviously took um, uh, Palmer's car for Q, for practice one and did just nothing with it. Yes, and literally did nothing with it as he failed to turn even a single lap time before the car irrevocably broke down. See, so how- I, I think he's hanging out for the test afterwards and we'll get to do some more driving. But- so how, how does Palmer feel about that? Does he sit there and think, oh, good, at least he doesn't show me up in my car? Or does he think, you know, oh, dear, that means I lose information? Well, I think if I'm, I'm Palmer, it was a lost afternoon no matter what. Oh, right. So-, so it doesn't matter either way. But then he went and lost P2 as well with a mysterious exploding tire. Mm, that's right. And we never heard, I think Pirelli never came up with a definitive cause, but they decided that it wasn't tire related because all <laughs> the other cars didn't have it on the same lap. It's not tire related. The, it, the tire blew up. That's as tire related as you work. can get. Oh, as in the bodywork did it. Oh, okay. So, Fair enough. Like, remember what um, Williams had in China? Oh, yeah, yeah, they had yeah. This new bit of rear bodywork that kept cutting into their tire during practice anyway. Uh, they were really confused about it for ages. Fair enough. Any? Did anyone cheat, Matt? You got you got you got a thing in there about cheating, and uh... yeah. Well, we had an interesting Twitter conversation earlier. Now I know you are not the most sciencey of persons, <laughs> oh, come on. but even you would know the answer to this physics question. If you take a tire at a given pressure. And you raise the temperature, say a racing tire at 105 degrees and raise it up to about 140, 150 racing temperature. What's going to happen to your pressure? They, the pressure will increase. That's right. Well, yes. it, it may be that, interestingly enough, during the race, some teams' tire pressures have been decreasing by as much as one to two pounds per square inch. How? How? That can't happen. That that goes against the physics question you just set me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, it does. And Pirelli is a mite concerned about it, which is why you heard them confirming they'll be monitoring tire pressures, Monaco forwards in real time. Summers clarified that they're actually testing several different methods, I think, starting at Monaco. But a lot of tongues were wagging as to exactly who it might have been. Yeah. It was rumored to be a leading team and a midfield team. Well, that's McLaren out then because they're a a tailender. That's right. A leading team (laughs) and a midfield team that are connected and might suddenly have been doing a lot better than previously they have been doing. 
Okay, so who who's connected with McLaren? It's got nothing to do with McLaren. Oh, you said McLaren. You said McLaren, McLaren, McLaren went oh, to the FIA right, and asked okay. for clarification about the rules regarding tires. Okay, so Ferrari come out of that request. Go on, tell me who it is because I'm not good at riddles. Tell me the two teams in question. Well, I would just say it might rhyme with Red Bull and Toro Rosso. <laughs> love it. I absolutely love it. So they, that's how that's how they've done it. They've cheated. Yeah. Once the rules are clarified, if it continues, then it's cheating has generally been the way the game gets played. So they get an advantage by somehow magically getting the tire pressures to remain low or even go lowering them during the race because they take the pressure on the grid do they on the grid or yeah take the pressure when the tire is static so they're managing to somehow release pressure and therefore get more of a contact patch on the tire get more grip etc back down you you remember roman grosjean uh, romain grosjean complaining about the tire pressures in china being so high this was Pirelli's reaction to seeing that data it's almost like you go, well, if you've managed that, I'm not even mad. I'm just like, I'm impressed. How 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 have you done that? This is like a Dick Dastardly style device that is letting down tire pressure. I just, hats off. Well done. Yes. Anyway, we don't know exactly how it's done. We had a rather lengthy and entertaining conversation about possible mechanisms. Go on, just but name one. Is- name one possible one. Well, uh, Summers was a big fan of a peristaltic chamber with like a, a valve that would be actuated by the rotation of the wheel. Wow. I had in mind that there could actually be like a, just a basically spring-loaded mechanism that, again, would be very vulnerable to lateral force but would push straight up. You could also go with a metal that changes shape when it heats up because they control the heat of the temperature – they control the heat of the, the the tire with the brake duct and the, the way they, they run that. Any of these things might be possible, you know. Uh, but the, the essence of the thing is that you're changing, you're increasing the volume area for the gas to be in while the tire is in motion, but that it reverts to standard when it's still. Okay, can we move on to qualifying because I have some concerns Yes, we can. My concern is what on earth happened to Ferrari, who looked on the limit in in the practices, who looked quick, then they suddenly just disappeared in qualifying. And I'm hearing, the report I'm hearing, is that they changed the setup for qualifying. They took wing off, which seems like madness at a track like Barcelona, where you want downforce, downforce, downforce. And they actually ended up with a a slower time on the soft tyre in qualifying than they had on the medium tyre in practice. What on earth is going on at Ferrari right now? I kind of wish I had an explanation for it, but I really, really don't. It's bizarre. Like you said, it it doesn't really make a lot of sense to take wing off on a track like Barcelona, it's so high speed in nature, so many long, very uh, fast corners. Yeah. And Ferrari were really chomping at the bit at Mercedes in practice. But, I mean, make no mistake, Mercedes do sandbag a lot on a Friday. They have this tendency to get to Q2 and all of a sudden they turn the wick up to 11 on their engine. They go and find another 
half a second or three quarters of a second compared to the rest of the field. So I think part of it maybe maybe some of that, but you're right. Ferrari definitely made a, a step backwards when they came into qualifying. Matt. Well, if you consider the difference in track temperature between the morning and the afternoon, you could see expecting the tires to have more grip because it's hotter and maybe taking some wing off. And they do. They take wing off when they go from the medium to the soft tire, I know. or uh, And they add wing when the medium tire goes on. That's pretty standard at a lot of – I've seen it before as has anyone who's paid attention – so maybe they just got that wrong. Maybe they didn't get the tires into the proper operating temperature because they changed the wing setting, thinking they'd have more mechanical grip. Yeah. Maybe they thought that the speed advantage on the straights would be worth the, the loss of time because you need more mechanical grip coming out of Sector 3 anyway. But it's, Whatever it's, it is, they got it wrong, and they got it wrong at a very bad time. Well... They got it wrong this time. They got it. They've got it wrong on pit stop strategies. They've got it wrong on tire choices in races. They're getting it wrong an awful lot. It, it's it's a disaster at Ferrari, and all we're hearing like Arriba Veni is coming out. Well, we're definitely going to win in Barcelona. You know, I expect to win. Like, why why would you make a statement like that when you've got so far to to make up? The stars would have had to have aligned for them to win had Mercedes completed the race. So where's that belief coming from? Is that just a lot of big smoke to try and keep his job? It's Sergio Marchione breathing down his neck, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so he's like, well, we'll definitely win. But that's a very short-term like short-term game, isn't it? Until the, the end the thing, of the weekend. The thing is, I do think Ferrari had a sniff at a win today, even if Mercedes had uh, stayed uh, stayed in the race. Um, uh, I feel like I'm going to be argued. Uh, <laughs> well, I I would say I think they had they they possibly had had more than a sniff because oh, okay. they 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 were reacting to Red Bull. But the point I wanted to make, or what I wanted to add, is yeah, you're absolutely right. As Marchione said, he expected the win this weekend. I think was that what he said? Yeah. And then, yeah. ominously enough, he came out and said that he fully supported. Arriva Derchi in his in his job. <laughs> oh, the dreaded vote of confidence nightmare. He said, "Oh no, no, his job's not in jeopardy at all." Which, of course, in F one speak, means that he's done. Exactly. If a football be. chairman comes it out and says be. that, Arriva Benny has been the best yeah. thing to happen to that team for the last five years. Well, who's making the strategy calls? Is it? Do, do we know? Uh, I think Jacques Clear is part of that team, but... right? Uh, T, you look like you're about yeah. to pipe up. Yeah, anonymous two seven nine three one. Iriva uh, Bene is gone after Monaco. He reckons. Oh, after Monaco. Well, thanks for it's joining so us, anonymous. If you get a Ustream account, I think you can then put your uh, user tag in. I'd be interested to know why after Monaco, not after like this disaster. Yeah, he also says before that uh, the Ferrari's rear was sliding. It was easy to see. And then he's just coming again saying, interesting that Marcioni was at the race. Yeah, hang on a second. Oh, can I just pick up on his first point? Because I noticed that coming into the, the, the straight in practice, both the Ferrari's rear ends were sliding about, but they were still quick. It was almost like that car was set up so they could really drive it and, and they were pushing it to the limit. Well, but it was I, almost a role reversal with Mercedes because on Friday... The, the rear of that Mercedes was not planted at all, particularly through like turn 12. I don't know how many times Lewis 
lost the back end going through there. And it, yeah, almost seems like a, a role reversal for qualifying. Uh, go on, Matt, I interrupted you. What were you about to come in on? Yeah, well, it's interesting that Marchione was there, but not that interesting because so was a Dr. Zetch and every other. Yeah, I mean, it's the first big, European big, they race, They actually, isn't they, it? they yeah. had a proper meeting before the race. Ooh. All of the, all the manufacturers got together and had a big meeting before the race that Toto Wolf was at. And Ackleson actually made fun of him on the grid when he was talking to Martin Brundle, saying that, oh, they're, they're having a meeting to plan, but they don't know what they're planning for. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, okay. Uh, before we move on from qualifying, um, can we just talk about the the new kids? Obviously, a lot was made about the swap. We talked about it last week, the good and the bad. So um, for better or for worse, Verstappen was in Kriat's seat, a nice awkward press conference. Uh, but what did you make of the qualifying performances relative of those two guys? Uh, you well, could see exactly why they replaced him. What? Because Kriat really? was so far down. Uh, Yeah, you look at Verstappen's qualifying versus Kvyat's qualifying, and there it is. Well, I think Kvyat is, you know, he's in a worse car now. I think that's undeniable. But also, you mean, they said that Kvyat was about a quarter of a second slower than uh, Ricardo on average. But how far back was Verstappen from uh, Ricardo in Q3? It was about four tenths. It was four tenths, yeah. And 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 sure, and I know he's I know he's only just stepped inside the car, yeah. And that he's, uh, you know, he's still getting used to everything. But up until that point, he was ahead of Ricardo. Yeah, so and, I don't and, know and he started. Was... And, and 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 what position did he start again? Help me out here. Who uh, Verstappen fourth? fourth behind yeah, his teammate yeah, Ricardo? Okay. Yeah, and that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I mean, how how many positions how many... away has Ricardo been from? Uh, oh, so you're uh, saying it's in Verstappen's yeah, favor yeah. that he's actually been well, able to butt up against Ricardo yeah. and, and get in there. I mean, okay. he, he, he was he was ahead of the Ferraris and directly behind Ricardo. And I, I don't recall the two of them well, starting on Barcelona, the same row. Barcelona uh, is a, a yeah, circuit is, where you yeah. do tend to Barcelona is a circuit where you do tend to get cars two by two on the grid because it's one of those circuits where because they do. Oh, all of the testing they do there, the drivers could do a lap of that circuit blindfolded. So it it does tend to be just the performance of the car that uh, determines the grid, and it, it, we see it so often. And it was it was pretty clear, you know, because you had the both Mercedes, both Red Bulls, and then both Ferraris. So I do feel like that was maybe more the performance of the car. But I don't know. I I said last week that I didn't think Verstappen was ready for yeah. a, a, a top two seat, and I. But I did also say I, I wanted to be proven wrong. So I spent but a lot of time qualifying. after qualifying saying to everyone, can we just calm down? Can we just wait <laughs> until... Can we just wait till we actually does something? Oh, okay. Right, I wasn't impressed <laughs> after qualifying. No, I wasn't impressed in qualifying. I wasn't impressed in qualifying at all because, like you say, uh, well, you made that point to me, but he's four point, he's point four seconds down. And you can say, yeah, well, you know, he's he's new to the car and everything like that. But the fact is, he's still 0.4 seconds down, and his fan base was very much saying he that was a victory. And, and let's just compare Kvyat's performance to uh, Sainz then. Yes, just well to there get we a go. Read on the whole situation, which yes. is my point. Yeah, no, he was he was like a second down, wasn't he? On yeah, Sainz. okay then. I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of, sort of, maybe saying a little bit there. Okay, you okay. know that that, was... that 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 kind of like that was like an ouchy moment for Kvyat, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I'm, I might be uh, 
and, and there was a few more of those to come. Shelley, tell you what, should we move on to the race itself, Matt? Is that is this a good time? No. 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 Okay. No, we can't because of Craig Alderson. What does Craig Alderson say? Well, Craig Alderson would be screaming right now. Okay. What about McLaren? They made it to Q3. Oh, really? You want a slow hand clap for your... Is it the first Q3 since when? Since 2013? I don't know, like 1993, I think. Since they uh, rejoined with Honda, it's their first Q3 appearance. Yeah, I'm sorry, but to quote Shania, that don't impress me much. Okay. Bow, bow, bow. What impressed me much was Lewis Hamilton's pole lap. Okay. Because did anyone else think that as soon as he came through, like, turns one and two, you were watching something pretty damn special? The speed he was carried through there and through three... You just knew that this was going to be an almighty lap. I wasn't expecting to, it. To, for him to turn it around after the, the, the Friday and the Saturday morning that he had. Where he looked he nowhere, didn't he? Consistently slower than Rosberg, exactly by, by tenths. What of the charge? Go on, here this we go, was Matt. The, this was the first good qualifying that we have seen, and it's because the narrative shaped up properly. Rosberg won round one, Hamilton won round two two and you get two runs in q3 and hamilton screwed his first one up leaving rosberg yeah. in the provisional pole and all the pressure was there and you were absolutely right you could see you could see the speed of him through that first complex was just staggering it was really exciting to watch and and all the way back too to see if ferrari could pull it off it, it was it was an excellent qualifying i did not expect hamilton to come through on that last lap i wasn't it feeling was like, it um... It's like Bahrain, wasn't it? After because he screwed up the first lap in uh, Bahrain, and then set a, a, a new lap record. So he do, he does like those pressure scenarios. He does right. Okay, Matt. Quickly, in less than a minute, he got a an upgraded MGU. Did that give him H. A, H MGU H? Now, did, did that give him an advantage? Brundle was saying he reckoned that in a pinch on on their fastest form, Hamilton is about a two tenths quicker than Rosberg, you know, over a hot lap. Did the, that new MGUH give him an advantage, or do you think that's the natural? Well, it's interesting because that was the two-tenths advantage that we saw through most of last season, at least until the Drivers' Championship was wrapped up from Hamilton over Rosberg and qualifying. In its reappearance, I, I think you could see unsettled Nico a little bit, not not too much, but a little bit. And is that down to the new shiny bit? I don't know. Okay. It, it, I can't really say, but it shows you how desperate Mercedes were to solve that problem, that they'd give that part to Lewis rather than to their championship leader. It was more a reliability advancement, wasn't it, than the speed one? Uh, I, I didn't hear any specifics on it either way. One would assume so. So you could say, okay, what, so they're kind of... they. They're giving him the the favorite favoritism treatment, but are they not just heading off the conspiracy stuff? Because Mercedes have been rattled by the conspiracy stuff. I'm surprised how much they've responded to it. Uh, we could say, yeah, okay, they didn't give it to the championship leader, but they did give it to their two-time defending world champion. Well, they need to really cover Hamilton off now because he's used uh, three of uh, the MGUHs now, hasn't he? Right. And he's on his fourth, yeah. If, yeah. He's on his fourth, yeah, exactly. So he's going to take a penalty at some point. They need to, it's it's damage limitation. Rosberg's only just started taking uh, a second of some of his elements. So that, it's Yeah, a so th- there's a, definitely a grid penalty in, in Hamilton's future, it would, it would appear. 
Okay, but but not right now. So can we now move on to the race? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if anyone. No, he didn't even need an apex in this race, did we? There was a minor racing incident on lap one. No apex involved. As far away from two apexes as you could wish to get in Barcelona. Oh my goodness. Shades of Spa. What did you make of it, Matt? Well, let's see. (laughs) My my official classification, after I saw a replay... I officially called it a racing incident on Twitter, in in my view. Can I tell you, know? you what my, my, my initial reaction, because we're talking about uh, between turn three and four, my initial reaction, and guys, you know I try not to be a massive Hamilton fanboy. You know I try not to be. Although I am, because I'm British. No, three time world, he's a three-time world champion. He's British. It's unpatriotic not to be a Lewis Hamilton fan. But yeah, my but <laughs> he's not a cool guy. My first, oh, that's wrong. My first instinct was I was like, why is he on the grass? Why is he continuing to accelerate? He seems to have made no effort to stop. Oh my God, he's going to collect Rosberg because he can't brake. And then he's in the gravel trap with his helmet in his hands. And my first instinct was, well, Louis, he's done it. He has done it this time. What what on earth have you done, Lewis? Um, that, that was my initial take, was that it just looked like he'd clattered out his teammate. And I think I was th- the Channel 4 commentary also kind of helped along with that and gave that impression. Um, so I, I for about two minutes, I, I laid the blame on onto Hamilton until until I saw the overhead, Matt, and then we're going to get into some rules and stuff. The chat room are asking uh, how many tissue, boxes of tissues you went through, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. It's a fair question. It's an f- absolutely fair question. I was... Uh, if only you could like see the WhatsApp group that we have with all the missed apex contributors. I was crying my little hamfosy eyes out, wasn't I, Matt? That's that's not unfair. No, it's not unfair. And if you were a Hamilton fan, it, it looked if you just saw the race. It was interesting to me. Uh, the BBC radio coverage seemed to be pretty neutral. I think Alan McNish came down and said he thought it was a racing incident. Yeah, uh, Anthony Davidson was sort of split. He said racing incident, but he wanted to look at it. But the rest of the Sky team was very pro Hamilton. Yeah, Brundle was very pro Hamilton. Yeah, I don't they think Croft him. was. I don't think Croft was. But um, yeah, there, there was. But in terms of what I was hearing between the two commentaries, it seemed like Sky was very much took Hamilton's side in in wanting to blame Rosberg. Uh, Lauda, however, threw him under the bus after the race. <laughs> I know, so I it was know. completely his fault on, on at least two different shows. But when we saw the first replay, looking at Lewis's closing speed on Rosberg, you could see that he was uh, there was he was much much faster. Seventeen and, kilometers an hour faster. And, and Davidson picked up on the, or Brundle, one one of them picked up on the fact that the Rosberg's engine was recharging, which it should not have been at that point. Uh, derated, actually, is what I think. Okay, was so it so should we should we start with that because Rosberg also confirmed that he was in a wrong, an incorrect engine setting. And Chris, you were saying to me it's down to the driver to pick what engine mode they start on. Can you? Yes, because um, well in. 2016 the um starts have been changed so that you know we've got the we've got the single clutch pedal now and the engineers are not allowed to tell the driver from the moment he leaves the pit lane uh 
what settings to choose for uh, for the start. So they either go through that in the in the garage before yeah. they go out. Which uh, change was made in the middle of 2015, if I remember correctly? Uh, they they I were limited as one, to what they I could tell the drivers. Yes, I think that one was changed in Austria last year, and then the single clutch pedal was new this for 2016. Yes. yes. So yeah, okay. Right. So then okay. Let's get to because I completely fell asleep in that. That bored me. Uh, so what did Rosberg do wrong? <laughs> Rosberg was basically in the in the uh, wrong uh, engine setting for the start, uh, which uh, makes me wonder, what did Hamilton do to have a worse start than Nick? Well, now then, I was arguing with our good friend Anil Palmer about this. Uh, actually, about a half an hour ago, we got quite shouty with each other, which we've never done before. Uh, and he was saying, oh, it's Hamilton's messed the start up again. Uh, but it's a long way down to T1 in, in Barcelona, but it's it's draft city, isn't it? It's draft central. Go on, Matt. He did not have a bad start. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. cleanly, yeah. and he was ahead of Rosberg. He moved over to the inside. Rosberg slipstreamed him down to turn one, and because of the nature of the way the turn is, he was able to take an outside line through turn one and carry more speed, enough speed to get him out in front of Hamilton going into turn two. But we're not used to seeing Hamilton. Tell you, I'll get to you in a second. I'm just saying we are not used to seeing Hamilton getting overtaken on the outside. We're not used to him conceding that line. What we're used to him seeing is he would brave it on the brakes, know that he's not really going to make the corner at proper racing speed and shove Rosberg out into the runoff area but he seemed to I don't know be caught napping and let Rosberg round on the outside well he did say after the race that that he found a remarkable lack of grip on that inside line that he was taking yeah and that may have been why he was more cautious than usual and I, I think know. I think he sensed that and uh, we've seen it before when he's been in positions like that he, he's mostly been fairly sensible about about how far he's going to push. Everybody thinks back to what is it, Bahrain or Abu Dhabi, whichever one, where he w- he took Rosberg off on the exit of that turn. Australia, but, uh, uh, we could point at Austin a couple of times where, where Rosberg right. hung out to dry. Yeah, but those are always on the <laughs> exits of turns. Oh, those aren't on yeah. the entrances the critical, to turns. The critical thing about those incidents as well is that Hamilton didn't end both of their races with with those incidents. And I've seen a lot of people. Uh, saying that uh, we, we give a real relaxed view about Hamilton pushing Nico off, but in this instance, it's it's absolutely crazy that we should think it's a racing incident, and I disagree with that entirely. No, uh, Matt, sorry to interrupt you. Hold that thought. We have a caller on the line, but first, T, what has the chat room said? Uh, okay, so I'm going to use a bit of artistic license for <laughs> uh, the, the safe for work thing. Anonymous38511 said, ha, 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 rubbish. Rosberg had a better start, and okay. Senior Trowell said he's happy to finally see Rosberg stood up to Hamilton's moves. Problem is, historically, since Spa, he's always given away and seemed scared. I, I stand by it. I think that Hamilton got a good enough start He in the first phase of that. Anyway, Matt, I, it really... He, he was, at, until you got to the entry to turn one, he was ahead of Rosberg. He had a better start. He chose a poorer line. Okay, we have a caller on line one. Hello, caller. Good day, mate. <laughs> Do we have a... That doesn't quite sound like a real Australian accent. Who are we? Who have we got on the line? 
your resident troublemaker, Fortis. Hey, Fortis. Uh, Hamfosi44 on Twitter. Friend of the show. What, what opinion do you have on this incident? I have a feeling, a suspicion that you're not going to... Bl- uh, if I gave you my opinion, I'd take up the entire show. <laughs> All right, then, because so, uh, you joined us at a naturally good point. We've just talked about Lewis. He missed out on turn one, uh, and I think yeah. that was genuine. We think Rosberg just got the better of him there, used the slipstream, got round the outside. Is that fair? I'd, I'd give, yeah, that's definitely fair. Now, uh, and I, then... I've got, a couple, I've got a couple of things. You know, my I, I have my tinfoil foil hat on today, so let's <laughs> hey, get to it. Some of the my lunatics are okay. My concern is this. Rosberg said he was in the wrong setting at the start of the race. No, but he was able to get that good a start and jump Hamilton going into turn one. Yeah. Then he was. Then he realized, oh, 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 holy crap, I'm in the wrong setting. So let's reset, go back to the original setting. Right. What? So what was? Um, because according to Hamilton, the normal strat, the normal setting you go in at the race start is the most powerful setting. Yeah. Which clearly Rosberg wasn't in. So is Rosberg doing something different at the race start? Because he has the instructions glued to his steering wheel. Because if you look at Rosberg's steering wheel, he has all the, the instructions for the race start on his steering wheel. Was it just blue so tacked on there? <laughs> so how did he forget? All right, then. Okay, well, let's, right let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not beat around the bush. What are you implying could have happened? Well... Personally, when you look at it from the onboard of both drivers, Rosberg basically left no room. And the fact that when... Hello? Uh, Yeah, we can hear you. And when you look at it again, Lewis' front um, wing was practically level with Rosberg's rear tyre. So he could go left. And Rosberg kept going right, kept going over and over. So he he had to do it. All he could do was keep going. Keep going to his right. Uh, yeah, Chris, well, I, can I just quickly ask Chris Stevens there to uh, restart his video? I'll be interested, T, to see when the chat room comes in uh, with anything to disagree with Fortis. So oh, you, everyone, you, they're going to oh, disagree. Yeah. No, everyone disagrees with me. Okay, well, Fortis, what do you want? I mean, what do you want? You, do you want an overtaking lane in F1? You, you need no. a, a gap the size no. of a bus to let Lewis through every time? Look, I had no problem with what happened at the first corner. My issue is what happened after that. Yeah. Because the fact that he, in his interview after, Rosberg said, they asked him about, was he distracted? And he said, no, I wasn't because I only needed to press one button and I know where that button was. But when you watch the onboard analysis from Ant, he first switched the strap mode button. Then he pressed two of the buttons before, while he was still turning right. So to say, and then he even said he he could see Lewis coming behind him. So clearly, so, he knew what he was doing. All right, then. Well, we've got a tin full, full hats, and, and I've got you on here, Fortis. Seeing as, in your mind, it's clearly uh, Rosberg's fault. Last yeah. time it was his fault. Uh, he was he was ordered, according to some conspiracy theories, to give up the next race in Monza. Do you predict that he'll be told to throw the race in Monaco, to hand it oh, back to him? It's Monaco... Um... Spanners, he cheats at Monaco every year, so <laughs> he's going to park gonna it do that, in the runoff area. He's just going to go there and cheat again. <laughs> and uh, my last, my last thing is, yep, to the panel. 
Do you guys think, with all the hoopla with Max being moved up to the the the, the A team, that they somehow threw Ricciardo under the bus today to give um, Verstappen the win? Because you know Red Bull likes the history create histrionics with all the creating history and the hype and the big marketing campaign because all eyes was on Max. So now this puts Helmer in a position where he looks like a god. Fortis, <laughs> uh, we will definitely take that question when we come onto the the uh, uh, the Verstappen topic. Uh, thank you very much for your call. Uh, we'll hope to hear from you again very soon. Cheers, Fortis. In full hat, back off. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Bye. Matt, do you want to say a quick word on that or should we save it for when we get out of this T3 thing? Just remind me about Max's post-race quote on Ricardo. Uh, I'll have to write that down. When we get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm afraid I'll forget it by the time we get there because we'll we'll be talking about, as did the TV commentary, it was well into lap 20 before they actually remembered there was a race going on, it seemed like to me. <laughs> well, Pretty much when Hulkenberg's car caught on fire, that like they're like, oh, yes, right, there are cars on track, aren't there? It's not just all about who was to blame in this incident. Okay, then. So let's, let, let's lay it out, then. The ways in but, which... Go on. But here's what I want to say. Having raced, although bicycles, not cars... If you look at Hamilton's closing speed on yeah, Rosberg when he came delta. around that turn, he he had to immediately choose to go one direction or the other direction or slow down. And given the nature of the track at Barcelona and the total lack of passing we to saw amongst it. the top four, yeah. it was it, it was very much a now or never kind of motion. If he'd come out of lap one behind Rosberg, he would have been there for the whole race. Yep. Absolutely. I'm just going to say that that that's just the way the track with that that's kind of closing track. speed when you've got a car that is harvesting rather than acceler- accelerating. Have at you full ever power. been on the highway and come up on an unexpected stop? Yeah, and you see people veer off into the un, under the shoulder to not hit the person in front of them. Yep, that was the kind of closing speed he did not expect Rosberg to be going that slow. Yeah, he picked the widest lane and aimed at it. Now, when he Rosberg, started the move, when he started the move. The right-hand lane was the widest lane when he. When yeah, he, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. There, were, there was not room to the other side because Rosberg had wandered out there because, as Ford has pointed out and was very clear on video, his he was looking left at that gauge when he turned it. You not for very really, long. Go on, Matt. You, you huh? want to be on the inside of yeah. Ten Forty. Passing around the outside of Ten Four is a yeah, it's he, a long hairpin. Pushed isn't it? that wide, yeah. and he probably would have then been passed by. Ricardo into turn five. So right. it had to be an inside move. But my point would be that Rosberg was momentarily, when I say momentarily, I'm talking like quarter second ish, distracted by getting that dial into the right spot. And when he looked back, he saw Hamilton coming, but because he looked late and saw late, he didn't fully grasp how much quicker Hamilton was. And when he moved right to close the door, it was already too late. And you could see uh, there's F1 writers had a great video up from Hamilton's onboard of of the incident. And you could see, even as he squeezed over halfway under the grass, there was another rightward movement of the car, which I'm not even sure was intentional. I'm, I'm almost wondering if Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. He almost lost the car under acceleration, Rosberg did for a second. Lost the rears and it bobbled the car. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a straight actually, move over, was it? Now, I'm, in, I'm anticipating some feedback, T, because we've been all <laughs> pro-Hamilton so far. Oh, it's all going off in here. <laughs> okay, uh, we've got a senior troll. Uh, is that because Hamilton just expects people, not least Rosberg, to get out of his way? Bravery or arrogance? Well, he does expect Rosberg to get out of his way, and he's got re- good reason to expect that, because it has happened a lot, spa aside. Yeah, oh, at, yeah. At, at, at almost 20 kilometres an hour, that's a ridiculous statement. Uh, you, we, um, you can't expect got... that Hamilton wouldn't have got... He had to make a move. Go on, T. Next one. Oh, um... Hamilton will have another hair in his eye when Rosberg wins Monaco. <laughs> that was funny. Dude, that's so lame. Laugh, if, if you've got a hair in... Fortis, he, laughs, he cheats at Monaco every year. Uh, I, hang on a second. Wait a second. About the hair in the eye. Lewis, please <laughs> never, ever just moan about hair in your eye again. Just, if you've got a hair in your eye, just take it. Just keep it to yourself. That's just... It's just... It's the... Who was the boxer? Who was the boxer who had the, the toe when he lost against... Uh, in the heavyweight? Oh, why is his name... Come on, David Hay. David Hay lost that title fight, and then he showed everyone in the press conference his the, the the scar he had on his toe that he'd hurt his toe in training, and it was the lamest excuse in sporting history. So, Lewis, please don't talk about a contact lens in your so, eye. Someone else has chucked in Fortis as a typical forty-four fanboy. <laughs> uh, does forty-four's car not have brakes? Uh, something about someone's mother. It's getting wild in here. Was that was that was that Matt talking about mothers again? Okay, look. Can we just assume everyone in the chat room, everyone's mother is a saint? Okay, let's. Can we please leave it at that? Go on, Matt. I'm just getting. This is the thing. It's fun to look back and see where all this started. Who might have done this? Who might have done that? But what? The mistake we all make is watch the incident in real time, sit on board with Lewis Hamilton and see how fast he came up on Rosberg. Look at how little time Rosberg had to react Mm. at speed. When it happened, you just can't really apportion too much blame to either driver. I don't think, I think it's just one of those damn things that happens. No, I think, you know, and and it's a, and and it's a mistake to Mm. go back too much and do what we're doing now. Well, here's what I want to say on it is that racing incident is, probably fair 
I honestly, I know I'm a Hamilton fanboy, but I can't fault what he did. He had to make a move. He went over to the widest side. He got alongside Rosberg. Now, Article 27.1 or whatever says if a significant portion of the car and it defines what that means, which is if any part of the front wing is level with the rear of the car, which it clearly was, then then they are entitled to a car's width. And that is on the straight before the braking zone. Now, that's a fact of the rules. And Hamilton is entitled to have made that move. But I will say it might have been harsh to give Rosberg a penalty for for breaking that rule, which he did, because of the closing speed. He can't have known where Hamilton was going to be by the time he went over there. He just wanted to shut that door. Now, if Hamilton hadn't have got alongside him, and Rosberg had made a, the one move across and blocked him in time, that would have been completely legal. That would have been his one move to, to block, and Hamilton would have had to then have tried to come around on the outside. So for me, it was either a harsh Rosberg penalty or a racing incident. And I, and I believe, I've read a very long transcript that Vortex sent me about the stewards' uh, view on it, and that seems to be what they've said, which is, yes, Rosberg broke a rule, he 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 violated the rule. He he pushed uh, Rosberg off the track, uh, Hamilton off the track. Once Hamilton was on the grass, he wasn't responsible for his actions. However, we understand why Rosberg did that, and he didn't have time to react. Have I, have I about summarised that well enough, Matt? Yeah, no, you've summarised it exactly. And in fact, I'm having a discussion with Vortex in the chat room right now, which which amounts to yes, Rosberg was aware of Hamilton, but I firmly believe that he was not able to properly pick up Hamilton's closing speed because he was distracted by changing that setting. Mm, So what this all really amounts to is that Mercedes has made probably the most expensive don't drive distracted commercial in the (laughs) history of the world. It's not quite Maldonado China level, is it? uh... (laughs) You know, I mean, like forget texting, don't even change your air conditioning setting because that's how quick it can all go sideways on you. Do you know what's really interesting? The most interesting thing about this whole thing for me was that Speed Week, I think on the formation lap, reported that Mercedes were taking up Rosberg's option for 2017. Yes, they did. They, they, they which, reported which both. You, you uh, showed that to me, Matt, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, yeah, on the formation lap. But might change their mind after that. <laughs> okay, look, guys, I think um, unless there's anything significant in the chat room, T, I'm sure I'm getting a bit of abuse. But you always are. I just filter it out sometimes so you don't get a complex. I don't want to uh, cry. I'm a sensitive lad. Uh, Vortex is shouting out saying he thought Ros- he, th- he thought he saw Rosberg said that he changed seconds without looking down. Settings didn't distract him. But, That's you know. what he said. in the yeah, yeah, he said that in the pen. He did say that. But that yeah. could just be a lie. I mean, people lie. Well, yeah, you don't want to tell everyone. You don't want to just go, I ran my teammate off the track because I was looking at my steering wheel. You should never admit that. That's that's, And I would back back Rosberg for that lie, 100%. I would tell my son to tell that lie. Anything else? Uh, Just more of the same, mate. Just more more abuse, generally. All right, look, that incident at T1. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah. Senior trial, Hamill didn't help by chucking a 50k steering wheel in frustration. (laughs) No, I know. He doesn't. (laughs) Just just dropped in. Keep, I just saw that as well earlier on. I was just thinking, okay. Just keep your emotions. Just a t- wear your heart on your sleeve. That That is fine. But just sometimes, 
Just count, as no one said to him, just sometimes count to five and see how you feel. Because sometimes you feel differently when you get to five than when you started counting at one. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a paddy. And, I, and that goes against him. Uh, so, look, we've spent a lot of time on this incident at T3 and I, I'm willing to let the show go a little long. But fair enough, because the implications in the championship are massive. And if I was a Rosberg fan, knowing how much luck he'd had and, ha- and, and how much he has nailed it and, and, and taken advantage of every bit of luck he's had, Hamilton having a strong qualifying and showing the pace and being on pole, if you'd have asked me as a Rosberg fan before the race, would I take them both being clattered out and the stewards saying it was a racing incident? You'd probably take it, wouldn't you? It's one less Definitely. race for Hamilton to come back. Well, the the bigger implication now is what do Mercedes do in reaction to it? Because after Spa in 2014, yeah. they stopped them racing. Are they going to do the same thing this year and just give it to whoever leads out of turn one or whoever's on pole is going to be the one who this wins is this the is race? where this is where Mercedes they have a big ethos challenge here because mm. they've always made a big deal about how they let their drivers race. And and I really, I really, really hope they don't kill the championship by saying it's whoever leads through T1 and then they have to stick to the same tyre strategies and, and the rest of it. I, I really hope, but I, I hope, uh, but I don't expect. You know by now that if either one of them shows the other a wheel, they're not going to want to give the other one an inch. No, absolutely If anything, not. they're just going to get more aggressive with each other. Okay, so guys, just remember, you don't just have to do uh, the chat room to interact with. You can do with what Fortis did and call us on the Skype app. Yeah, you don't need any fancy tech. Just use your mobile phone, Skype app, add spanners ready. And you can call me any given Sunday. And it's just nice to have some girly singing as a bit of a, a break to listening to the likes of me, Chris, the wildling from the north, Tony, and the usurper from the colonies, Matt Trumpets. Something amazing happened, Matt. A very, very young person won a racing car race. I've got a bit of, a uh, bit of, what do you call it? A bit of humble pie to swallow, telling everyone to stop getting excited until he's done something. Well, he's done something. He's won a Grand Prix. I think a lot of people had a wee bit of humble pie to consume this weekend. <clears throat> Chris Stevens. <laughs> what did Chris do? I wanted to be proven wrong. <laughs> okay. That was Does anybody ever really want to be proven wrong? Look, I, I always I said, I, I think I was fairly fair. I think I said, I never said like, oh, he's rubbish or anything like that. I just said, he hasn't done anything yet. Let's wait till he's done something. And after qualifying, wasn't impressed particularly but I wasn't expecting him to do anything. But then he's got to won the race. So, I mean, to my mind, I'll get to it. There were some circumstances. Uh, uh, you know, obviously two Mercedes taking each other out helps. But I'm not going to take anything away from the lad. He's turned up to Red Bull. He's stuck it on the track. He's done everything. He's ridden every bit of luck that's come his way. And he's won a Grand Prix. That's no mean feat, is it, Matt? You can't do anything but say massive congratulations to Max Verstappen. Yeah, and and you can't take away how long he made those tires last in in his final stint because it was looking a bit slippery out there for both he and Raikkonen by the time they got to lap 66. 33 laps or something he had to do on those tires? That's crazy. Something like that. Nobody thought they'd go that long. To to have K 
Kimi Raikkonen sniffing your gearbox the entire way. That's impressive. Well, is it? It is. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, of course it is. How do you have such a calm? I, I, I am a, a little bit older than Max Verstappen. Not I think much. I'm, no, by like a couple of months. You're so like young. That. You're I'm so like... young that you don't harbour any bitterness for the late 90s and for the 1994 oh, incident with Damon Hill getting taken out. Oh, here we go. Because I do. I absolutely do. I no. just think that you shouldn't. You shouldn't judge the entire of Schumacher's career based on that one corner. No deal. It was and... more than one. <laughs> it was... Okay, yeah, fine. There was more than one. <laughs> I'll give you that one. But come on. The guy was unstoppable in the 2000s. Come unstoppable on. Unstoppable cheater, maybe. Okay, Chris, oh, come... uh, we'll, we will this pick this another, up another show. Another time. We'll pick this up another yeah. show. Your point was yeah. that you are slightly older than Max Respect. Yes. I'm slightly older, and I get hothead and confused by a lot of things by the stupidest of things oh girls that girl looked at me yeah by by day i'm a sales advisor and if somebody wants a refund on something i start to panic how do i do this again he's just had a world champion following him around circuit to catalonia for 33 laps and just gone yeah yeah it's all right not bad. Yeah, I was, huge, I was hugely impressed by that like nerves of steel really because if he made any sort of mistake you know, it yeah. really counted upon. I mean, you know, so he had to, he was... had to play it cool consistently for like uh, what's it about at least half the race. It was it was the final sector that was so crucial. That exit from the final chicane to set him up because he just eked out that extra tenth and a half he needed to keep Raikkonen from having a having a lunge at turn one. It was so so critical for him because you saw it, every single time Raikkonen was gaining in the DRS, it's only like half a second down that. Pit straight. It was like um, 2011, Hamilton and, and Vettel. Uh, and uh, Vettel always just managed to get the traction off the final chicane to keep Hamilton at bay. It's the same scenario this weekend. Okay, I would like Matt to talk a little on the battle between uh, Ferrari and Red Bull and where it was won or lost. Because we had a great race. Any one of four cars could have won this race today, Matt. And that's that's the first time this has happened in a long, long time. It was lost when Ferrari decided to cover off Ricardo's switch to a three-stop strategy, which okay. happened right around lap 29. Okay, so explain. So lap 29, Ricardo's leading the Grand Prix. He yeah. decides. Does he? No. Does he? Does he decide? No, Red Bull decides. Now, this was Fortis's question. And something Max Verstappen actually said was, Ricardo... I, I think he said this. He said Ricardo was going slow and he asked for Ricardo to hurry up and therefore they moved him onto a three-stop strategy to release Verstappen. And that was very much what Max wanted us to think in his post-race interview. And is this what you believe? If they, they could have just swapped them around and had a 1-2 finish rather than a 1-4. So... Um... I'm not it would be very controversial would... to make Daniel Ricciardo move over to the lad they've just brought in the last race. I think that's too big of a a media kind of foul for them to have See, done that. It, Ricciardo did say that the move didn't make any sense to put him on a three-stop. Yeah, that's what he said post-race, that he didn't know why he was switched to a three-stop. So do you honestly think then that he was moved to a three-stop to release Verstappen? 
Because if he did, right, here's my take. Because I gone. Uh, let's let's get let T get in there. Yeah, just while it's relevant, while uh, the chats are coming in, um, Vortex is jumping in. Ricardo is done already. He just doesn't know it yet. Uh, oh. He's a great driver, but he's no longer Marco's favourite son. And then anonymous four three nine four one Ricardo to Ferrari. What, who are they going to replace Ricardo with? Signs. Yeah, I mean that. Why not continue that? That would be a pretty great but, battle. <laughs> we'll we'll get back to that in a second because I I love unpacking that quote from Verstappen. Go on, let's do it. Because uh, there's only a couple of the only a couple of reasons to switch Ricardo to a three stop. Yeah. One, they wanted Verstappen to win. Yep. And they wanted it all along because they knew it would be a record, and they had suddenly the track position and no Mercedes in front of them. And that you could just you could just do the math, and they could tell you that was a possibility. I don't think that's highly likely. The, I think the most likely scenario is that they were anticipating Ferrari, and that they saw Vettel and Ricardo fighting for the win at the end with fresh tires, which is what should have happened. Yeah. Except the yeah. medium tire went way farther than anybody expected. Also, the simulations predicted a three-stop to be quicker yeah. than a two-stop, if you can find your way through the traffic. Now, I have to say, that was my instinct, because Ricardo changed to the three-stop, but Vettel did it as well. Now, was Vettel reacting to Ricardo? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so they were reacting to Ricardo. Now, I got the feeling that both teams were putting the number one drivers on what they thought was the best strategy and were covering off with their number two drivers. That's the feeling I got, conspiracy aside. And all that happened was that it turned out the two-stop was quicker because there's no way Ferrari do a, a tactic that deliberately puts Kimi Raikkonen in front of Sebastian Vettel. So if they did that their tactic that way round, it's conceivable to think that Red Bull strategists came to a similar opinion. So I, I don't buy the conspiracy. I think they thought that the three-stop would be quicker uh, and and they were just wrong. And that put Verstappen out with Kimi, who is always the slowest Ferrari. Sorry, Viv. And that's uh, what that's what made me think there was no conspiracy. Right. I disagree uh, on your writing and thing. But... Oh, God, we've got I enough. Really God, we've got enough. Come on. Okay, no, okay, you can't disagree with this. You might think Kimi's good for some reason. You might be a very young drinker. You might have been abusing solvents. I, I don't know. But you can't disagree with the fact that Ferrari favour Vettel. And they have time oh, yeah. and time again put Kimi Raikkonen on a strategy that is bad for Kimi Raikkonen but good for Ferrari. And that's what they did again today. Well, yes. I will give you, they, I will give you the they Ferrari. They accidentally put Kimi in front. favorably upon Mattel. <laughs> I do yeah. think maybe unfairly sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you this one. Okay, so that's what makes me think. Okay, so Verstappen... Ends up ahead. He he does everything he needs to do, Matt. In which case, Verstappen's post-race quote was essentially, I whined on the radio and it worked out for me. Therefore, Red Bull did exactly what I asked, much like any toddler. Oops. <laughs> Hang Didn't on mean to offend all, all of all of, uh, well, all, Daddy, all of our Dutch I listeners. I want a pony. <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> 
thing is, we, we get on. Ricardo out of my way. Get Ricardo out of my way. Ooh, Ricardo's out of my way. I win. Yay. And or, in the meantime, Red Bull strategists are like, ah, that three stop should have been faster. What the hell happened? Or you could just say, I've got a feeling that I've got a feeling that Max is going to be a very media savvy young man uh, and will be very, very good at putting the rights. I get a feeling that him and Josh are just masters of, of spin and handling the media. Chris? Things we we go on about, you know, how you know, Max is a bit whiny sometimes. You, you know, Australia is a prime example of that. But we, literally five minutes ago, we're praising him for <laughs> being able to get these tyres to do half a race distance and for keeping Raikkonen at base. You can't deny it. The boy's got such extreme talent. And I have seen a lot of people saying, oh, a kid can drive a Formula One car. It's not. <laughs> That's not impressive. No, he's not like, kidding. Grubby old history. Italian people. He's yeah. not. He's and, not kidding. Uh, Carlo Coluccio, we're talking to you. He's not the first. Yeah. I've seen it so many times. Facebook. Right. If an eighteen, no. Well, I hate this argument. So if an eighteen-year-old can drive an F one car well, that means F one is doing absolute rubbish. There are eighteen-year-olds right. on the front line of countries and, and the, uh, in war zones everywhere around the world being absolutely fine soldiers being more of a man than many a 14 a 40 year old so i'm sorry an 18 year old is a fully grown man who can drive a racing car i was going for a more smaller approach <laughs> to that in the in the formula one cars are really very difficult to drive these days yeah. because they are producing more power and more torque than they ever have done no, before and but, they don't have as much downforce but to suggest that some to. to suggest that somehow an 18 year old is going to be less capable than a 30 year old is ridiculous name any other sport where that's true like i see i don't know if you've tried running against any 18 year olds recently <laughs> i haven't tried running full stop for a lot of years Shows. So I wouldn't know. <laughs> Go on, Matt. <laughs> I, I, I would absolutely say cycling. There's one where you're not going to win the Tour de France as an 18-year-old, even if you run it. Well, oh, because they won't let you do the blood, where you take the blood in and out of your arm. No, it just the, the, cheaty blood. There's a certain, it's the experience. I, I think the experience and, and the judgment, although you, we certainly didn't see that from Mercedes today so much. Okay, so I've got but, two schools. Go on, then. Go on. But we did from Verstappen, which is interesting. But I've got two schools of thoughts here, here, which is, hey, you guys said to me when I was ranting about, oh, anyone would have be, be leading the championship in Rosberg's position. You all said, oh, no, no, he had to get it done. He had to be cool. He had to be calm. I think the same argument applies to Max Verstappen. The Yes, the, the strategy fell into his lap. Yes, Mercedes knocked out of the way. But there are a lot of drivers in Max's car today who would not have brought home a Grand Prix win in the young lad's defence. So the question is, do we think Kvyat would have won in that car? Clearly Maldonado could not have done it. No. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, oh, God, 2012, you know, yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> do you know what the weird thing is? <laughs> the really weird I'm thing is, such, such Hamilton's full time, Hamilton's full yeah. time is the same as Maldonado's to the thousandth from 2012. Oh, is it? <laughs> no, no one else think that's a bit weird. <laughs> Look, I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm trying my best here, Max Verstappen fans. I'm I'm trying my best. As a doubter who thought it was overhyped, I'm trying my best to say the, the lad's done uh, really well. Do you think Kvyat would have won that race? There we go. Chat room, do you think Kvyat would have won that really, race? That is a really difficult uh, Chat room, I haven't jumped in with that, but I've got a theory, okay? So talking about how the, the stop strategies were changed, um, do we think possibly it was 
awesome for publicity for the team saying, oh, look at our 18-year-old yeah, and, winner. And, we're and, setting yeah. world records. And we're so a genius for picking if him. If Kvyat was in that seat, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal to, to fudge it so he, he could win. It wouldn't have been that big of a deal to make circumstances more fortuitous oh, for him. It's a good conspiracy. Yeah, so what no, you're saying not is... conspiracy is, as such. I mean, gonna... it's... Now, Chris, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like what you're saying there, T. What you're saying is they made this sort of big, bold move to bring Max Verstappen in. What better way to shut everyone up than have him, I don't know, yeah. win the Grand Prix? Halfway through the race or two, a third through the race, they're like, hold on a minute. This, if, if things work out and stops work out, this, this kid's got a chance of winning here. Let's... World record. It's going to, they're going to talk about this for decades. Ricardo's going to move to Ferrari anyway. Let's just... Let's just bring him to a three-stopper. I bet Ferrari is so bad at strategy that they'll make Vettel follow. I, th- I don't think that's conspiracy stuff. I mean, that makes good business sense in a way. You know, it's, it's in the whole global thing of it. You know, it's, it's good for the team. So would they have done that clear? Uh, Matt, go on. Let's, let's, let's wrap bring, up. He did, bring, he did bring it home without issue in China. Kvyat did. He did. That's true. And it was a that's similar a kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, poor Ricardo, though. Uh, you know, how is Ricardo feeling and, right now? And apologies to Senior Trowell. He he said he made that joke last week. Should Verstappen win a race? So, which apologies joke? there. Which joke I is completely that? forgot about it. Okay, so... In the, chat, in the chat room. Okay. So, again, we've spent a lot of time on that, uh, uh, probably at the expense of anything else that happened in the race. I tell you what, why don't you pick out just like one or two things of note. Hulkenberg cannot buy any luck at the moment. Perez, pretty good to finish in P7. Uh, Magnussen took himself to court, basically, and hands up on an instant I didn't see and admitted he did stuff wrong and got penalty points. And a 10-second time penalty. And a 10-second time penalty. Guys, I'm going to move on to the podium section of the show, unless there's anything screaming out to you. Uh, Unfortunately, two... Carlos Sainz, yes? P6, very impressive. P3 at at one point, after all the calamities at the start. Absolutely. I was not going to mention that. I was going to save that for the end of the race. But how could you Uh, not talk about... How could you not talk about... Okay, a couple of things. Who got fast lap? Don't know. Don't know who could Yeah. And he got hung up behind Ricardo and Vettel. Oh, he, he was had... running 126s. He was like almost four seconds a lap. I mean, he was insanely faster than everybody else. Well... And he couldn't pass anyone because that's where he was on track. They yeah. wouldn't let him by. But yeah, yeah, that was that was a bad bad luck for him. Well, apologies yeah. doing so well. Apologies that if, if you know for the stuff we've missed out, but with, with so many key with those two key incidents you know, stuff was always going to get compromised on the podcast. Two retirements, Grosjean and Alonso. Poor and Grosjean. Tierra's driving backwards out of the points at the end of the race. And of course, Ricardo's sad puncture. Uh, right. Okay. So let's go through those in order. Ricardo, that was just a, a final stab in the back from the F1 gods, wasn't it? Just to go, this ain't your race, sunshine. No, I was, I was gutted for him. Absolutely gutted. You're saying, T, that with, Ricardo's... Think, uh... I've, I've been watching it long enough now that I've got a guy. I think he's my guy. He's your and guy? I just rooting for... Yeah, I think he's my guy. guy. Okay. I was rooting for him and then... Ugh. Okay, so now that you have a guy in F1, I have to teach you the rules. Obviously, when you go into the forums and the comments section. Okay, so now Ricardo can do no wrong. It is never Ricardo's fault. Okay, so that's the first rule of having a guy in F1. Uh, yeah. And any, comp- so you now have to hate Verstappen. Unfortunately, that is just the way. That's just the way that F1 fandom works. 
Oh, well, I'm sure I can work. Try, on that. Think of some like Dutch insults and stuff like that. Basically, that's that's the line you've got. But I, I didn't make the rules. I didn't make the rules, Matt. Yeah, and if we're going to talk about things, uh, can we talk about Vettel complaining about Ricardo's move laps? Oh my god! Shut oh, up, god. Vettel! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Barton Vandal's response: Stop moaning. Does he really think that no one's allowed to, like, pull a move on him? Just get over yourself, for goodness sake, Seb. But it just seems like now you can't you can't overtake Vettel without him whinging. It, that's the, yeah, there you go. That's it. It was a great move by Ricardo. Doomed. Utterly doomed. But that's why Ricardo's a great racing driver, because he's going to attempt that kind of move. And, and Vettel, you just be a grown-up enough to know that if someone makes a move like that, judge it. You're going you're gonna to come off best. So just quit your engine. I mean, come on. How long do you have down that straight to know that he's coming <laughs> with DRS and that's what's going to yeah. happen? It's not like there was any real danger of a collision as long as you kept your brain screwed down correctly. I don't know. I, I think Vettel has kind of set him up now, like himself up, that he's the elder statesman. I think he's taken sort of a leaf out of the Jensen Button post-race interview book uh, and he feels just like he can lecture and school everyone on stuff but you, you know what Vettel you've still got stuff to prove yourself mate you know what was interesting though when when they were going at it there was a point at which they both came up on Gutierrez yeah and fascinatingly Vettel got right by him and then Gutierrez just slotted onto the racing line and made Ricardo wait through that whole turn complex before he got back out of the way. And a basket and a of... Little, a couple of car links. And a bucket of complimentary... <laughs> Sorry, can you not hear me, Chris? Is that why you're interrupting me and disrespecting oh, me right. here in my podcasting Sorry. shed? Now go on, you carry on, mate. Sorry. I was just... Uh, I was going to say, wasn't that when he got the, the puncture? Or... Ricardo? No, no, no. no, no. I think it was earlier than that. It was earlier. I was just going to say, there was probably a a nice hamper of, like, preserves and uh, smelling bath salts delivered to the Haas garage, the Haas motorhome. And it had nothing to do with the Ferrari engine in the back of our car. <laughs> or, or, the, or the wind tunnel or anything like that. Uh, okay, guys. Yes, apologies for anything we've we've missed out, but it is definitely time to move on to... The podium! This music is old enough that it is not copyright protected... Therefore, I get to use it as a bumper. I hope I have got that aspect of the law right. T, you had a comment about the podium. I did, right? I'm I'm fairly new to it, as you know. Raikkonen, is he always like that? (laughs) Like like a petulant, (laughs) moody, like, you've got second place, mate. Come on, just put a smile on he, he was like, oh, blah, blah, I was losing downforce and blah, blah. no recognition to the lad's achievements. I mean, and there's, there's parties for and against, oh, yeah, well, did he have to do much? I mean, the bottom line was he's 18-year-old and yeah, he's no. someone for 30 laps, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and he's just like, no recognition whatsoever. And he's just got a monk on. I'm just thinking, come on, mate. And then you've got Vettel when they moved on to him. His first words were, oh, first of all, many congratulations to Max. This is his day. Then he says his thing. <laughs> And then at the end, he reiterates that again, which was sporting, and I enjoyed yeah, that. Absolutely. Right, gonna come on, shape up, mate. The podium, there, there a few people let themselves down on the podium because at the end of the day, this is this is the bit where you just be a good loser, be a good winner, uh, all the rest of it. But to answer your question, yes, Raikkonen is like that. And a lot of people think he's super cool for going and not giving answers to interviews. But as far as I'm concerned, we are all paying customers to Formula One, be it through the licence fee, 
be it to watching the adverts on Channel 4, be it to paying our Sky subscription, we are paying, apart from some people on this panel, for the rights to watch Formula One. And part of that package deal is their interaction with the media. And, and Raikkonen seems to have this attitude that he doesn't owe anyone anything. But I'm, I'm afraid you actually do. It is actually part of your job. And it is actually part of the, the interaction and the trade we're making. Go on, defend him, someone. Right. So when he became well-known and popular, that very self-same characteristic was what won him so many followers based uh, on the comparison of the driver at the time. Now, what's interesting to me, though, is that someone asked him whether or not he he had a got a Ferrari company car as part of his contract, <laughs> and his answer was, no, because I need room for a car seat in my family. <laughs> for, don't Ferrari so do The thing is, he'll give you those answers. And, yeah. and that, how can you not love him for that? No, that's fair enough, but you know he does it very much on his terms. Like, if he's not in the mood to talk, it's just one-word answers, and he just, you know, he gives you absolutely nothing and i i find that rude and i don't know he gave us come on leave me alone i know what i'm doing how can you bang on him this much he's like an <laughs> asset to the sport he says things everyone like everyone has that on a t-shirt now yeah all right well well brilliant someone a lot of money okay well let me know let me know why i'm wrong and i'll tell you why you're wrong for thinking i'm wrong all right guys i think that brings us on to the end of the podcast uh let's see let's see if we can surprise anyone with the driver of the race who is your driver of the race matthew trumpets oh carlos signs carlos signs a lot to prove and uh and perhaps did not prove it. all of it yeah chris kimmy reichen no I'm going to go with JB. With Jensen JB. Button? Did he race this weekend? It, amazingly, he did. And uh, did very well. Right, you're an idiot. Pick someone proper. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I don't get you on here just to talk. You used to be value. You've been value on e-radio, and that was just value. rubbish. Thanks very much. I okay, no, no, well, fine. I'll say the other ones were Bergs for Stappen. No, we'll Bergs leave. We'll leave your stupid answer hanging in the internet. Uh, Tony, you know drivers' names now. I do. Uh, I'm going to say Fiat for firing out some outstanding laps, given that he's in a slower car now, and I think that was awesome. Okay, that's not bad. Well, there you go. Uh, anything from the chatty? Uh, yes, lots. When you asked me before in the private chat, I was like, no, nothing. I forgot to scroll down, so sorry, everybody. Oh, for goodness sake, you have one job. It's almost as bad as having... Go on, Matt, go on. No, no, go ahead, Chris. No, is anyone backing me up about JB in the chat? <laughs> uh, let me check. I'll no, because the chat room's yeah, no, not stupid. Nobody, nobody. <laughs> no, I'm going to put a tweet out. Yeah, I actually Give respect the chat second. room. We'll let Twitter decide this. Oh, my All gosh, right. we're not so, waiting uh, for Twitter replies. Uh, anonymous four three nine four. Does it even matter what the numbers are? No, no. The, just say a, a Hamilton guest. said he's the dri- uh, Hamilton driver of the race. Uh, Ken's jumping in. <laughs> Haha. First two panelists don't choose Verstappen. The, oh, Verstappen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, another anonymous. Uh, without Hamilton taking out Rosberg, this race would have been a bore. Yeah. Well, I don't. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I would have liked to have seen who would have come out on top of the Merck battle. Uh, I'm going to pick. Max Verstappen, who's an 18-year-old. Congratulations for... Yeah, but neither of you two chose him. Congratulations for winning a Grand Prix. I This is a good start 
for Max Verstappen. I'm very happy for him. It's a great start. And for a young man who has some talent, all the pressure, all the can he do it, can't he do it, that's kind of gone now. He's got it under his belt. There's no kind of bogey, when's his first podium, when's his first win going to come. Now we can see really what he's going to do over the course of the season. And let's see if he's as good as everyone's saying he is. Uh, and apologies to the chat room for Tony's incompetent. He literally texted me and said, chat room's been dead for 15 minutes. So I'm extremely sorry if that is perceived as wasted effort. We will make it up to you. Uh, who this week? Who missed the apex this week? Chris Stevens. I don't know before if he's... I, before I say that, can I just point out that on uh, uh, an, another podcast, uh, <laughs> the host asked me, we're unlikely to have a 10th different winner in 10 different years in Spain. And I said, no, we're going to get a 10th. It will be Verstappen. So I... You said that. I'm a, I, I said that, apparently. Yeah, some I've people voted for Leicester City and are now claiming they're geniuses, okay? Like, unlikely yeah. things do happen. So, yeah, that's amazing. That wasn't and the so question I asked you. You are frustrating me. I regret <laughs> inviting you on. Who missed the apex, Chris? <laughs> uh, who missed the apex? Uh, it uh, was... Uh, can I say Hass? Sure. Like a collective? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You can Hass do that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Matt, Matt Trumpets. Well, I was going to go with Gutierrez till you did that. So now I have to put up my uh, thinking cap. Go on. Mercedes is the obvious one. <laughs> Just as a team. They <laughs> they managed. But but I can't give them missing the apex because had they not done that, the race would have been, as has been said, yeah. incredibly boring. It would have been medium, medium, soft, first medium, soft, medium. And whoever was leading at the end of lap one would have been the winner. So, you know, I can't. I, can we give a missed apex for that? I don't know. Uh, it's challenging. Again, yeah. again, one question. What is wrong <laughs> with you guys today? Pick one. Uh, Ferrari strategist. Boom. Done. Absolutely <laughs> fair enough. Tony? I, I was going to say that. Were you really? Yeah, for reals. Okay. Somebody you mentioned earlier about uh, bringing someone in on softs after eight laps. I was like, oh, that's a good one. Okay, you can have Ferrari. We'll pick that. I'm going to pick Pat Simmons because... <laughs> I, oh, we didn't talk about that. I know we didn't. We just didn't have time. Look, we, we, maybe we'll get to it next week because that was very, very interesting. I, I believe I'm no Massa fan. I do not like Felipe Massa. I think he's garbage as a driver. But it's not his fault if he gets put out into traffic. It's not his fault if he doesn't have time to do his qualifying lap. And Pat Simmons should not be coming out immediately before Felipe's had a chance to take his helmet off and coming out and just going... Well, I've looked at the data, can't argue with it, it's the driver's fault. And I think that that makes Pat Simmons a bit of a git. So he misses the apex for me. Chris Stevens, would you like to plug anything on the internet? Yes, www.formulaspy.com. That's where I write. You write there, don't you? I write there. You're trying to be a proper proper F1 journalist, aren't you? Like a full-on credited... Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've, Formula E is like my short term goal, but I, I love covering Formula E as well. Um, hopefully, I'll be in Berlin. I mean, the FAA, they, they do monitor people who are like after like FAA credentials and stuff like that. For example, if I asked you, do you think that uh, Bernie Eccleston has ever committed a crime? What, what would you say to that? Uh, do you think no, he's no. ever accepted money to break the law? What, 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 what do you reckon? I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Panorama. But 
that's you can't even answer that. That's good. <laughs> that shows ambition. I like it. I'm going to move on to Tony Thunder Beast Barnard. Where can people find you speaking about things? Uh, you can look at my Facebook page, Dad Hub. It's hilarious and awesome. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Dad's View. And on a Dad's View podcast, where we recently, just you and me, recorded the legend of Treeface. Such a good episode. Episode that 40. Check it out. Episode... And you find out about Treeface in the first 10 minutes, so you don't have to. Yeah, it's not clickbait. It it's not clickbait. Treeface. Oh, the legend of Treeface. It's Treeface good. Inside of 10 minutes. Check it out. If you like it, stay. If you don't. Exactly. If you don't like a dad's view in the first 12 minutes of episode 40, you're never going to like it. So that's why Matt... Where Go and have a drink and come back and try it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Much. No, it's much more enjoyable drunk. Matt, where can people find you? You've done some fantastic... You are the best writer of F1 race reviews on the internet, Matthew. <clears throat> no, no. Uh, who, who are you? You've just turned up Johnny, Johnny come lately. Matt Trumpet <laughs> nails it. Weak. In week out. <laughs> 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 my comment is with seriously beg to differ with you, but it doesn't matter. You can find me on the Twitter <laughs> at Matt PT55. You can find my reviews at thejudge13.com. And you can all go buy my wife's new book coming out on the 30th at Amazon, Amanda Weaver, A Common Scandal. A Common Scandal. So watch the race in peace. I, I really hope Chris Stevens will come back again. All of it in jest, of course. I would urge people to go and check me out at www.spannersready.com. Basically, if you enjoy listening to me here, you will enjoy all of the content at spannersready.com. If you think I'm an idiot, don't bother. Uh, we are getting an incoming call from Toto Wolf. Unfortunately, we simply don't have the time to take it. But I promise you, it will be worthwhile. Uh, Check out the Support Us page if you're into that kind of thing. You can support Missed Apex Podcast and A Dad's View at www.spanishready.com. Until then, wound heal, chick stick scars, and glory lasts forever. Honestly, before this episode, like, I rated Chris, like, so high. I'm holding my hand very high up. I rated you, but then you missed out comment of the week. I missed out comment of the week. Should we squeeze it in? Come it on, was a good one. No, come on, let's squeeze it in. Comment of the week. Oh, there's nothing like a little Easter egg at the end of an episode. Go on, give us comment of the week. Hi, guys. Welcome to comment of the week. This week's comment of the week comes from Martin Hales. Hulkenberg having to extinguish his own car as the fire marshal couldn't use extinguisher. Did you Lol, see that? <laughs> right, mate. That was hilarious. I was watching it thinking... and. <laughs> Give it here! Give it here, you idiot! No, but they had I'll two good. What the, are you doing? The first guy, he squirted it. It hit the rear wing. The wind then blew it back in his face, and he ran away. He ran away from his own fire extinguisher fumes. He's got to be stood there thinking, "My car's my my future in F one is literally going up in smoke, and you're messing around with the fire extinguisher. You can't get hold of the end properly. Give it here!" And then they were sort of wrestling over it, or it was stuck on the marshal's glove or something. <laughs> I was just thinking, "Get off and let me do this." Oh, thanks for that. Thanks for that comment of the week. I think that's a good place to leave it. Oh, yeah. Let's check this out. Have you heard the news? Everyone's talking. Oscar Six and everything awesome. It used to be five and has a new opportunity. Now it's time to take school more seriously. I'm Oscar's dad. Sick of my job. I just want to sleep and be a slob. There's just one thing I desire. He'll be a racing car champion. I can retire. It's awesome to win. There's no room to lose. No room to lose. 
Yeah, baby! I have oh delivered! I delivered! That was sick. There's nothing lame about that. I'm the coolest dad in the world. Wow. <laughs> oh my that God. That was incredible. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.